Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. So at the end of last week's message, we, uh, we saw Jesus being dragged out of the synagogue of Nazareth. He was pushed down a path that led to a cliff. And, he was, and, and this was done by worshipers. Okay? Try to imagine that. Jesus is being, is being hauled out of the synagogue and led down a path to be thrown over the side, not by atheists, <laughs> not by demon-filled people, but people who believed in Yahweh, worshipers of Yahweh. It just goes to show that sometimes even those who are familiar and worship the God of heaven, they can get themselves out of sorts. And those people were definitely had their knickers in a twist, I'm telling you. And it was impacting the way they were thinking and feeling. It's just amazing. But, but we saw that, and he was there, and, and they're about to throw him over the cliff. And I don't know exactly what happened, but the, Luke records that the father did something miraculous that caused their grip on him to be loosed. And perhaps even he blinded their eyes. I don't know what he did, but, but Luke says he just kind of walked through the midst. So that means somehow or another they just couldn't recognize he was there, and he just left the crowd, and he went on his way. So today we continue in Luke's gospel, and we find ourselves in a different town and in a different synagogue. And in this town and synagogue, we find a confrontation uh, taking place. So let's look at the scripture and then we'll unpack it. Verse 31 of chapter 4 says, And he, that is Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. And he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. I think all of them are probably unclean, wouldn't you say? Uh, and, and, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! Huh, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him having done him no harm. And they were all amazed, and they said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Interesting. Now, when Luke says that, that Jesus went down to Capernaum, um, he meant that literally. Uh, Nazareth sets at about 1,200 feet above sea level. That's why they had a cliff uh, that they could have thrown Jesus over. And, uh, and uh, Capernaum is about 650 feet above sea level. So he literally was going down to Capernaum. Capernaum was a very prosperous town, economically driven by the fishing trade. And although Nazareth was uh, the village that 
that Jesus grew up in, we find that as he enters his ministry, uh, he's hanging his tunic there in Capernaum more than any other place. It, it kind of becomes his, his, uh, his place of operation from. Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 identifies Capernaum as Jesus' own city. Uh, not that he owned it uh, in the flesh, but that it was his home base. And as was Jesus' custom, we'll find this over and over again as we go through the Gospel of Luke, as was his custom, he found himself in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he is there teaching the Word of God to the worshipers, and the worshipers there in Capernaum are loving it. They are really just, just, just eating it up. Luke says that they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. Now, I want to make sure you get the picture right in your mind as you think about this crowd as they hear Jesus speak. The word astonished literally means to strike with panic or shock, okay? To strike with panic or shock. So Jesus' teaching was astonishing, not in that it was entertaining, but in that it was so powerful and so authoritative that people just were rocked back in shock. Wow. Mark chapter 1, verse 22, gives us insight into why they were shocked. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. It seems the standard fare that these people were accustomed to was the Pharisees teaching about God's Word rather than teaching God's Word. There's a difference between just talking about something and actually bringing that something into people's uh, purview. Dr. Kent Hughes explained it like this. He said their teachers, mostly Pharisees, were in bondage to quotation marks. They loved to quote authorities. Okay? Now, what does that mean? It simply means that their teachers did not necessarily study the Scriptures for themselves to discover personally uh, its truths. Instead, they were very much accustomed to regurgitating the works that others had done. In fact, in the Talmud, the Talmud, which is a collection of Jewish law, legend, and wisdom, Rabbi Eliezer said, "'Nor have I ever in my life said a thing which I did not hear from my teachers.'" Imagine that. I never said a thing that I didn't hear from my teachers first. Regurgitation. It seems as though the, the theology that they had to bring on any Sabbath day was at best uh, secondhand. It wasn't what God had worked in their own lives. But what we find with Jesus is he actually brought God's word to the people. And as he brought God's word to the people, he brought it in a very clear and simple way. In other words, he put the cookies on the bottom shelf so they were very accessible uh, to the common man. And so as the masses who were hearing God's word for the first time, as they were hearing that, they were literally thunderstruck in in their soul. And that brings me to truth point number one, and that is this, that Jesus staked everything in his ministry on the authority of the written word of God. That is so important for us to hear today and to understand, because we live in a day and a time in which that is not common. 
And it appears as though it wasn't really common back then either. But Jesus staked everything. He didn't use any tricks. He didn't use any gimmicks. He didn't try to tickle people's ears. He, he wasn't trying to be ugly or offensive in any, any way, but, but he would always bring the word of God as it was to the people so that they could understand and receive it. And he always depended on the written word of God. For example, how did Jesus overcome the temptation in the wilderness with Satan? It is written, right? And what was the basis of his message back in Nazareth a few weeks earlier? Well, it was Isaiah 61. And then later on, as he goes on to that hillside and he he teaches his famous sermon known as the Sermon on the Mount, it wasn't based on rabbinical teaching. It was not based on any new doctrine that Jesus was inventing himself, but instead it was founded on the written word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 exhorts us, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Many of us in this building are very familiar with that passage because we either went through Awana or our kids and our grandkids have gone through Awana, and so that's their, their baseline verse, and so we're very familiar with that. Guess what, though? There's something more to be said beyond that that applies to what we're talking about here. After saying that, Paul writes this in verse 16, but avoid irreverent babble, for that will lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. Hmm. Irreverent babble. Honestly, friends, I think that's what people are hearing in a lot of churches today. I think irreverent babble is what we're hearing predominantly when we turn to Christian television, so-called, and listen to many of those who are teaching and preaching there. Because they create their own doctrines for their own purposes. They're not rightly handling the word of truth. Instead, they are giving themselves to gentler, more modern ways. They are looking more to tickle people's ears than to see their lives changed. I would say this to us. May God bind the mission church to the word of God. Amen? May we never find ourselves compromising it. May we always be diligent to study and bring it out as it really is because only through the Word of God and the Spirit of God who works through the Word of God do we find lives really being impacted and changed. So Jesus is there in the synagogue and he's teaching the Word. He's teaching it with power and authority When suddenly, right in the middle of his message, a man on the fourth row shrieked out with a loud voice. I don't know if he was on the fourth row or not. They may not have even had rows there in the synagogue. I think they might have been accustomed to sitting on the floor. But but all of a sudden, this man who is there shrieks out with a loud voice. I know I've shared this with you before, but for those who are new and haven't heard it, I'll share it again that I once shrieked out in the middle of a church service. I did. I'm not lying. It's the truth. Uh, Connie and I were newly married, and we were attending my mom and dad's church, 
And I wasn't too terribly interested in what the pastor had to say. And so I thought, well, I'll just take myself a nap. And I fell asleep in the pew and I started having a dream. And I dreamed that I was working on an electrical socket in a wall. I had a screwdriver in my hand and I was trying to do something and my hand slipped off the screwdriver and hit a live wire. And when that happened, my fingers started throbbing. I woke up and I went, ow! And Connie, you know, what the world? You know, she's punching me with her elbow. And I'm just, I look around, I hold my hand and say, man, it hurts! <laughs> well, let me tell you, this man wasn't sleeping. He wasn't dreaming. He was actually possessed by a demon spirit. I wonder if that assaults or insults your modern understanding of the world. Do we still believe in demonic spirits? Do we still believe in angelic spirits? Can I tell you that right here in this room, right now, if God were to remove the scales of physicality from your eyes and you could see the spirit realm, there would be angels in here and no doubt there would be demons in here. They are real. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.